You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the weekend, and thank you for spending a small part of it with me here at Locked on Rockets, the only daily podcast covering the NBA's winningest team. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent with Sports Talk 790, the team's official flagship. As we chat on this Friday, it's the third of five consecutive off days for the Rockets, which means we're officially past the halfway point. The first two off days were off days entirely. The Rockets did not even practice after a fairly grueling five-game series. I know they won four games to one, but the Utah Jazz with Rudy Gobert, Quinn Snyder, Donovan Mitchell, they will certainly make you work. They will put you through the ringer physically, so the Rockets spent Wednesday and Thursday resting, and today, Friday, they got back to work at Toyota Center in early afternoon practice, where they started implementing their schemes, the X's and O's of what they think they need to do to beat the defending champion Warriors, now the two-seed in the Western Conference, four times within a seven-game span. And, of course, it all starts Monday night with Game 1 here at Toyota Center in downtown Houston. So all the prep work began today. And, of course, they told us a few things at practice. But as far as getting an insider's look on how Mike D'Antoni is running things and what they may do in this series, I can think of no guy that can break it down better than our guest for today's show, and that's former Rockets guard Bobby Brown. Yes, hashtag what your ones look like. Now, Bobby has been with the team since August 2016, so he's been there for basically a season and a half of the Mike D'Antoni era, so he's got certainly a good sense for the pulse, the heartbeat of what makes this team go, and he's been in practices leading up to Golden State games, so I think he's got a unique insight from those perspectives. But I think he's also, as far as the Rockets as a whole, I think he's got some unique angles that make him a very fascinating interview, and if you stick with me for just a few more minutes, I'll play back our conversation. A couple of things that stand out to me about Bobby. First, his relationships with the team are really, really strong. Now, Bobby, after he left the team in January of this year, he played out the rest of this current season in Europe. He's a mainstay in the L.A. hoops scene, and so are James Harden and Trevor Ariza, who are from that area. So is Chris Paul, who obviously has tons of L.A. connections. So I would say the Rockets, with L.A. connections in particular, James, Trevor, Chris, Bobby is very close with those guys. So he's got a unique insight in them, not just as players, but as people. So I always like to pick his mind about that. The other factor, besides the L.A. angle, he's got a good, I would say, appreciation and knowledge of the Rockets franchise as a whole. Because there's a very unique circumstance to how Bobby left Houston this season. Now, the story that most everyone knows, he was with the Rockets approximately halfway through the year, but he got caught in a numbers game in January when the Rockets had to make room for Gerald Green. The story, for anyone who forgot, the Rockets first signed Gerald Green on a 10-day contract in late December. The team was going through a wave of injuries. I don't think they anticipated Gerald Green sticking. They just needed bodies at that point. And it just so happened that we know the legend of Gerald, the way, despite essentially being on his couch, playing one-on-one with his dogs, somehow Gerald came in and was a difference maker almost immediately. Yeah, In fact, he had a game which I believe he scored almost 30 points against the Warriors. So even though it was a 10-day contract, it was clear towards the end of it that the Rockets had to keep Gerald Green. And good thing they did because he's played some meaningful minutes in these playoff games. 
In fact, he was the difference, I would think, in Game 2 against Minnesota. He's the guy that kind of turned the momentum in that game, but started sluggishly and ended up being one of the first Rockets' romps of the postseason where they detonated that so-called turbonuclear button. So the Rockets needed to find a way to keep Gerald Green. So ultimately, the Rockets, that meant having to let go of someone that was at the end of your bench. And naturally, Bobby, being a veteran in his mid-30s, made a lot more sense to let go than, say, a young prospect like Joe Chi. That's just the way it is. So Bobby was let go, and that was in early January. The Rockets did actually have one or two more open roster spots, I believe. But with the trade deadline just a couple of weeks away, you know Gerald Morey. He always wants to have flexibility. There's no point to completely filling out your roster prior to the trade deadline. You do want to have some flexibility. And so when Bobby was let go to make room for Gerald Green, it was sort of with the implicit understanding that he could be brought back at a later date on one of those roster spots. Well, what ended up happening is that the Rockets playing so well, they became very attractive in the buyout market. They drew in Joe Johnson and Brandon Wright. And at that point, the 15 roster spots were spoken for. So there was no room to bring Bobby back. In some ways, I think the Rockets could have used one more veteran guard at the end of that bench. I think they would have liked to have had him, but sometimes it's just a numbers game and the Rockets didn't really have room to bring him back. And at that point, Bobby knew he wasn't in the plans. Joe Johnson and Brandon Wright got the preferred looks and Bobby took a deal in Europe where he played the rest of the season. That said, one interesting thing about Bobby's story, that's how a lot of people know it, that he left in January, he waited around, and then when the roster spot did not open in February, he went to play in Europe. Well, the interesting thing about it, he actually did sign one more contract with the Rockets. It was for just one day in February. And here's why. When they let him go in January, his contract had yet to become fully guaranteed. It wasn't like the Rockets were trying to shortchange him. It was just the realities of when they signed Gerald, when his 10-day deal was expiring, and they had to make a decision. Well, because the deal wasn't fully guaranteed, he didn't get all of his money. Well, by virtue of the Rockets signing him one more time in February, after the date in which contracts get guaranteed, that got Bobby his money. So he only was on the team for 24 more hours, and then they used that roster spot for, I believe, Joe Johnson. I think Brandon Wright signed first, and then it was Joe Johnson. That was all just logistics after the trade deadline, exactly when buyouts with their initial teams were complete. But the Rockets did not have to do what they did with Bobby Brown. They did it because, well, they wanted to honor their word. They wanted to make sure that he was financially taken care of. And I think that speaks volumes about the Rockets as an organization, not just the players on the floor, but the guys running the show behind the scenes, Daryl Morey, Tad Brown, new owner Tillman Fertitta. The Rockets did Bobby a solid even when they didn't necessarily have to. And I'm not sure a lot of teams would because ultimately you're paying money to a guy who's not going to play for you. But ultimately Bobby was a contributor to the Rockets for a year and a half. He did his part. They wanted to reward him. And so before he went off to Europe, the Rockets did make sure that he was taken care of in terms of his contributions this year. Because it wasn't like they were trying to duck paying him, so to speak. It was just a matter of a numbers game with Gerald Green. That was the reason that Bobby was let go in early January. Anyway, as it turns out, Bobby went over to Europe. His team made the playoffs. They just wrapped up play. And now he's back in Los Angeles getting ready to watch the games, just like the rest of us. Although with, I would say, a little bit more of an... uh, enhanced perspective, given that he has been with the Rockets for the past year and a half and has had a up-close and personal look in practices at the schemes Mike D'Antoni employs 
as they, well, battle anyone, but especially the Warriors, who have always been the Rockets' biggest competition, it feels like, and certainly in the entire Mike D'Antoni era and nearly the entire Gerald Moore era, it feels like. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Bobby Brown, former Rockets guard, right here at Locked on Rockets. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Bobby, where in the world are you, my friend? What up, what up? I'm in Athens, Greece right now. Tell people where you've been. I led you in a few minutes describing your exit from Houston, what you're doing, but I was afraid I would mispronounce your team name. So explain to people in Houston, <laughs> not just in Athens, but, uh, you know, what team you're on and where, how y'all have been playing. Uh, I'm on Olympiacos. Um, one of, like, the best teams in Europe. Uh, right now, we have one more game left in our Greek League, and then we start a Greek League playoffs next week. Um, and so far, we've been doing pretty good, really good, actually. That's great to hear. Uh, and then this summer, because, what, you just signed a one-year deal over there, right? It's just for this season? Yeah, just to, end, to the end of the season. I signed in uh, end of February to the end of the season. That's what I thought. And so this and so this summer, I guess you're just going to play it by ear as far as, you know, looking to get back in the NBA or working over there, I guess just play it like any other free agent? Yeah, uh, whatever. Um, that fits me and uh, uh, the opportunity. Uh, just uh, come back home, work out, um, and just see what my next destination is. Gotcha. Well, Bobby... When I was explaining your move over there earlier, one of the things I mentioned that I think a lot of Rockets fans don't necessarily know is that your final stint with the Rockets was not in January. Now, that's the last time you were on the roster, but you did sign for a day in February, which was an interesting touch. And, of course, I explain why, which is that the first time that you got released, it was in the numbers game with Gerald Green because Gerald's 10-day contract was coming up. And then... The second time, was it was after the trade deadline. They maintained a roster spot or two for the buyouts. They added Joe Johnson and Brandon Wright. But before they added Joe, they signed you because, as it turned out, when Gerald's 10-day was expiring, your the date for contracts to be fully guaranteed had not kicked in yet. So you had not gotten your full season's worth of pay. But by virtue of them signing you again, the Rockets – they took care of you to where you did get a fully guaranteed contract, correct? That, that's how I understood it. Yes, yes, definitely. So definitely how did that make you feel? Because I know, you know, they didn't have to do that, but it seemed like the kind of thing, well, first off, you know, certainly you've been there since August 2016. So, you know, certainly it's a display of loyalty from them to you. But I would think that, you know, players talk, and I, and I would think that's a pretty – Nice gesture. How did you feel after the way it went down? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, um, it, it definitely was a nice gesture. I mean, um, we uh, had great relationships with, uh, you know, with, with Houston um, and all the guys in the front office and uh, with my agent as well. And, you know, once that, um, 
that uh, opportunity even present, presented itself, um, I was I was happy. I mean, cause I still like to be a part of the team. Uh, you know, my contract is guaranteed for the rest of the season, so it's like I am a part of the team. I mean, I talk to the guys every day, um, so it was it was definitely uh, nice of them, and I'm happy they did it. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're still following them from Europe. Um, one of the really interesting things to me about this Rockets team is the chemistry. And I know you came on board in August 2016. You weren't around back in the 2015-2016 season when they were 41-41. and 41. And I don't know if it's fair to say the locker room was bad, but it was certainly a little fractured. There were divisions here and there. Whereas since you got there, and I know it's not all you, but certainly you helped, the chemistry in that locker room looked really good. I know you still have a lot of friendships on that team, but you're a guy who's played in a lot of locker rooms. Tell me what it's like in that Tunisian locker room right now, how close that group of guys is in the grand scheme. It's like a brotherhood. I mean, it's like everybody, it's a feel like everybody grew up in the same neighborhood in that locker room. I mean, everybody has each other's back. Everybody, you know, is, you know, talk to each other, joke with each other. And even when you're on the road, you go eat with each other. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, like some teams uh, I've been on or or seen. You know, they have different cliques. Like guys hang out with him, or I'm only hanging out. But we all, you know, do stuff together. And you know, in that locker room, it's it's like a family. So everybody, you know, respects what another person says, and people speak what's on their mind, uh, bad or good. Uh, and anytime, anytime you have a team like that and chemistry like that good things happen. And it's also been like that since last year, you know, with the other group with Pat, right. Corey, and all those guys as well. So uh, it kind of basically like carried over um, with both groups. And this group this year has just been phenomenal. Uh, from the time I was in there until I left, uh, it's been the same or probably even better. Who are the guys that you're still close with? I mean, I know, I know you got a good relationship with pretty much everybody, but I know you knew James prior to joining the Rockets. I knew you and Trevor were close. I guess, did you know Chris? Oh, yeah, because you played with Chris in New Orleans, right? Yeah, I played with Chris in New Orleans. We built a, a good relationship back then, and we've been close ever since. Yeah, that's what and I thought. I was in anywhere. We still, you know, talk to each other. Yeah. And also, PJ. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, I forgot about that. And, of course, you know Chris and James and uh, Trevor through the whole Los Angeles, the L.A. hoop scene, too, right? Yeah, definitely. I grew up with Trevor. Oh, yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about that. We had talked about it. Well, one of the next things I was going to ask you about, you know, kind of spinning it forward to the Warriors, one of the interesting things to me of this whole season, one of my favorite things, you probably remember the last Rockets-Warriors game. It was a Saturday night in Houston, and you Instagrammed a few videos of you and Trevor watching it. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was hilarious. It was, of course, you know, for you, it was a couple of weeks after you had gotten released for the Gerald roster spot, and Trevor was suspended for two games because earlier that week was the whole Staples Center thing with the Clippers. Yeah, and, uh, of course, I mean, it, it was hilarious, the vids of y'all too, but the thing that I was struck by, the step back that James had over Curry at the end, that was the you know, the big shot that pushed it from three to six with two minutes left, all but iced the game, yada, yada. Trevor, before it even happened, I heard him saying over and over again, that's what we want. That's what we want. And, and of course, you, you know, you, 
before it even went in, you had called it what your ones look like, and it, it was like the ultimate mixtape in terms of uh, how that video, those six seconds or so, went together. But I know y'all are an isolation-heavy team, and that's where the whole, you know, what your ones look like come, comes from, and that's where it originated. But against the Warriors, what are y'all trying to do? Why were you so confident, and Trevor too in that matter, that that was the matchup that y'all wanted? Uh, I mean, because, you know, James is a bigger guard. Um, going against Steph Curry, um, he, you know, we had, he had the advantage, and we knew that he didn't score on him. Um, I wouldn't say easily, but, I mean, he has the advantage. He's stronger, he's bigger, he can shoot over him. He can, if he goes by him, he can use his body. Um, but, you know, we once we saw that, Trevor was like, that's what we wanted. Um, because, you know, probably any game, like, Every game that they play each other, you know, we try to get the pick and roll where yep. he can guard Steph, or Steph can guard James, and it happened perfectly on that in that uh, point of the game, and he made the shot. So it was like, you know, that's the switch that we wanted. And I think that plays into the defense too, because the Rockets this year, the theme, th- the theme throughout is that the defense is a lot better in the half court than in transition, and so if you play slow that way, in terms of the ISO game, it also helps you get back defensively as well. Bobby, I want to ask you about Mike D'Antoni. I don't want you to give away any national security secrets, obviously, but you've been around him for a year and a half. You've been a part of a lot of Rockets Warriors game preps. What do you think the the things are that he's going to tell his team? The first practice was today leading up to the Western Conference Finals. What do you think that that Coach D'Antoni is going to emphasize going into this series? Uh, just match their uh, match their energy. I mean, because they play with a lot of movement, cutting, um, and uh, that's just what you know. He's probably going to say like, you gotta match their energy. You can't, you know, take a play off. You just gotta be locked in defensively, um, and then offense just run our stuff. I mean, we've been doing it all season. Uh, now's not the time to you know go in the shell. You know, we're gonna get up threes. And stuff like that, but mainly he just understand the uh, match your energy, um, know your you know your scout, your the guy you're guarding, and you know we do a lot of switching, so you just gotta be with your guy and then communicate, basically, and a lot of communication. Yeah, you mentioned a few uh, when we started talking about having a few days off this week, and of course for you, and that's a big theme here in Houston, because it's six days between round two and the Western Conference Finals. As a veteran player yourself, because what, you're, you're 33, right? Yeah. So the Rockets have a lot of veterans, and there's a lot made of, you know, the whole rest versus rust. But I have a feeling that guys are in their 30s. Well, number one, they're not going to, dec- you know, they're not going to complain about the time off. And secondly, you know, if you're the Rockets playing the Warriors, I mean, this is what you've built up to all season long. That's how I would think they would see it. So just what's your thoughts as a player when you get this kind of weird five, six-day layoff? Is it a big thing, or is it something that you know how to manage? No, it's definitely something you know how to manage. I mean, guys, you know, play a lot of minutes. They need, you know, recovery. Um, I think James was sick the last two games uh, um, in the Utah series, so obviously he needs it. I know Chris needs it. Um, Trevor as well, like the older guys especially, but uh, it's not a, I mean, you have practices, you work out, and I know uh, my my bros that, you know, they in the gym. I know CP 
was going in the gym before the playoffs started. He was in the gym 11 o'clock at night. So I know they're going to, you know, do whatever it takes to, you know, be in tip-top shape or getting all the kinks out. But I, a lot, but they're going to rest their bodies as well, get recovery, get treatment, and um, all that stuff like that, and eating the right foods. So time off is, is definitely great. I mean, especially, you know, like you said, the veteran guys, and the guys also who's playing, you know, big minutes, they definitely need it. Yep. Bobby, before we sign off, what's your prediction? Are they going to be able to get it done? Definitely. Uh, my, my guys are definitely going to get it done. Um, we've been talking about this since the summer, and the time is here, and uh, I believe it's going to be 4-2. There you go. So they can close it out in Oracle? Yep. That'd be fitting because... Yeah, you guys won the uh, the first game of the season in Oracle, so why not close it out there as well? Um, why not? One opener there. Yep. It was an exciting game. So. Yep, absolutely. Um, are you going to get to watch it? Well, geez, I'm trying to. Th- oh, geez. Oh, yeah, I, I watch all the games. I got my league pass. I got it on my TV here as well. So. So you'll be up at. So you'll be up at like oh, three. I'll, I'll be up. I'll be up at four in the morning on Monday. There you go. That's awesome, buddy. Um, well, before we officially sign off, throw out your website and your merchandise because you got some pretty cool shirts. I might buy one of those myself. The the red what your ones look like with the uh, the state of Texas thing on the side. Just tell people your ventures, where people can find out more stuff about you. Oh yeah, I mean uh, my website is up now. Uh, B6B.com. New merchandise is definitely coming. More. Uh, we got the dad hats coming now. Uh, we got some lightweight. Uh, hooded sweatshirts um, and some other different color shirts are coming out as well so uh, what your ones look like get your apparel b6b.com follow my Instagram for you know more updates and also what your ones look like Instagram as well so <laughs> stay tuned uh, uh, you ain't got to order a shirt just send me your address man I got you bro. oh perfect I appreciate that bro well uh, by the way before I let you go I I, I want to let you explain I know it's about isolations, but where did the What's Your Ones like come from? It came from last season. Um, me and Lou Will was on the bench, uh, and uh, James had an ISO on somebody, and I was like, uh, I just stood up. I was like, What's Your Ones look like? Like, <laughs> wow. And he looked over at me, and then Lou, Lou started saying it. And then ever since then, it started clicking, and you know, we played one on one in practice. It was um, like, Whenever we get a chance, me, Pat, Lou, Trev, and James. And then ever since then, we just start chanting it even more and more. and got bigger. And I threw it on a t-shirt in the summertime, and it, it's, it's been going good ever since. So Lou gave it the seal of approval, basically. Yeah, once I heard Lou Will say it, I'm like, okay. After I said it, he had my, he had my back on it. And once, you know, that's, that's been the way. It's like a movement, man. Like, I don't, it's not about, like, uh, being fashion and anything like that. It's just a movement, you know, going around that, you know, for, for the young kids and, got, and you know, older people as well. Like, yeah. you develop your game, you know, playing, not doing cones and coming off chairs and nothing like that. Yeah, and it's almost the perfect way to kind of break down this series, too, between the Rockets and the Warriors because what's different about the Rockets is that they're an isolation team, you know? Isolation, yeah. Yep. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for the time, and I'll look forward to catching up with you when you get back to the States in a month or two, okay? All right, man, no problem. Thanks, Bobby. That's Bobby Brown, the man, the myth, the legend himself, 
If you want to know why people like Bobby, boy, because he was nice enough to take an interview from Greece. Yeah, I was going to buy one of the shirts, and Bobby's apparently going to give it to me anyway. That's the kind of guy Bobby is. That's why everybody loves him. Bobby is just a great guy to have in the locker room, and that's a big reason why the Rockets had him for a year and a half, from August 16, uh, 16 until January 2018. And if there was a roster spot, he'd still be there now. But even in Greece, he's in, enough for a Rocket that games at 4 a.m., Yep, he's still going to be dialed in. He's got his league pass. And ultimately, if Bobby Brown says Rockets in six, then I should probably pick that as well. Because when Bobby says something, it has a way many times of working out. So with that, I think that will do it for our week here at Locked on Rockets. The Rockets, they, as I mentioned, they got their practice underway earlier today at Toyota Center. And then they'll continue that Saturday and Sunday. Mike Cantoni implementing his schemes going into... Uh, Monday night's game one, and of course that kicks off the best of seven series, game one on Monday, game two on Wednesday, and another rather extended layoff before game three the following Sunday, and then from there, I believe it's close to every other day for the final five games of the series, but, well, if Bobby calls it 4-2, maybe you won't even need all the games. Maybe the Rockets can close it out early, and they started the year with a win in Oracle, so why not end it there as well? I kind of like that symmetry in terms of the Rockets' season uh, relative to the Warriors'. So as always, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Bobby for being willing to take the call late night from Greece. If you're not already following him on Twitter, he's a great follow there, at LAU on Twitter. Or you can just search for the hashtag, what your ones look like. And if the Rockets do what we expect them to in this series, you will be able to use that hashtag a lot. Because that's the difference between the Rockets and the Warriors. The Rockets are an isolation-heavy team. Chris Paul and James Harden, two of the best in the history of the game. And if they play well isolation, not only do they get points offensively, but they also slow the pace, which is the big key to helping the Rockets defensively, because we know the Rockets, if they have a weakness defensively, it's transition. But in terms of defending after makes, defending in half-court sets when it's slowed, they can be really, really good. And ultimately, that's what you need to slow down a historically dominant Golden State Warriors team. So with that, I believe we can sign off. As always, I appreciate y'all so much for tuning in. You want any more content before Monday? Because I think, barring any sort of major news this weekend, I'll probably have one more preview show on Sunday or early Monday. We'll see what guests I can line up. But at least for a couple of days, we'll go radio silent here at Lockdown Rockets. So if you want more content from me in the interim, best place to get it is on Twitter. I'm at Ben DuBose. The show is at Lockdown Rockets. Also, check out our archives. You can find those at our website, LockdownRockets.com, our Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rockets or iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Megaphone, wherever you listen to your podcast, just search for Locked on Rockets and you'll find not only uh, the current episode, but all of those in our archives, such as the Matt Bullard preview show we had yesterday with the Rockets lead analyst talking about his keys to the series. Had some great interviews during the Utah series, David Locke, their radio voice, Brian Geltzeiler, at Hoops Critic on Twitter, Sirius XM. NBA host and NBA TV contributor. So we've had a lot of good shows during this playoff run for the Rockets. And if you want to hear back their thoughts, because it feels like even though the Rockets-Warriors matchup is new, we've been leading up to it for some time. So I think all the things we've said in the weeks leading up to this, that's valid as well. So please check out our archives. If you're not already subscribed to us and leaving us a five-star review, please do that because that's how we're able to remain financially viable as the only daily podcast covering the Houston Rockets. So for now, thanks to Bobby Brown for joining us. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. And hopefully you all have a good weekend. And we'll get back to Lockdown Rockets early next week when Game 1 is about to get underway Monday night. And this big showdown between the Rockets and Warriors is finally ready to get underway. For now, folks, thanks for listening and enjoy your weekends.